0: The future sport podcast is brought to you by three advance developers of sports tech apps that are AI powered and UX focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out three advance. They're incredible. Go to three advance.com. That's the number three advance.com.
1: Empire.
0: it's getting past time for sports to return
2: you know all the workouts were on they were on paper you know it was essentially the strength coach would print out an Excel sheet and he'd have his little folder and it seemed like you know not all of those uh papers made it back in the folder at the end of the day so there wasn't you it was kind of tough to track where the athletes were at
0: That's Lance Thomason, St. Louis Cardinals strength and conditioning coach who is hoping working with Team Builder allows his team to be ready when opening day finally happens. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. This baseball special will focus on the pros and the amateurs hoping to use quarantine as a way to improve, so when they say it's okay to play ball, they're all ready. Steve Goody, CEO of Pocket Radar, will join us to talk about his products for the up-and-comers. Hewitt Tomlin will explain his methodology with Team Builder as they work through a pandemic, and Lance Thomason will tell us how those implementations are working at the highest level of the sport. But first, the future is now for players who have been stranded stateside thanks to COVID-19. So there's a lot of talk about baseball coming back. Don't know where, don't know when, could be Arizona, could be Florida, could be both of them, could be something else, could be with some fans, could be with no fans, we don't know. And the leagues are getting set to try to figure out how to handle that and whether it's even possible to happen. There are actually groups of players, though, that, never really left. And Marley Rivera from ESPN is here to document some of that. Hey, Marley, how are you?
1: I'm excellent, Bram. Thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: Um, So there are Venezuelan players that just never left spring training. Um, What happened?
1: Well, this is one of those things that is kind of interesting, right? Venezuela was already going through, as you well know, through a social and political crisis. This has actually been going through for about a decade, but it's been really bad for the last two to three years you know, Major League Baseball players in the majors who have spoken out about it. You know, uh, Francisco Cervelling and I did a really big feature for OTL. Like all these players, Robinson Chirinos, Miguel Cabrera, have have been really, really outspoken about the situation in Venezuela. What happens now, and it's something that people kind of forgot, and it's okay because we're all dealing with this pandemic in the best way we can. So this isn't really, you know, a knock on anyone that didn't think about this. But it is one of those things that went under the radar. And one of the things that happened is that the Venezuelan kids, a lot of, you know, the majority, there were 251 international players in major league rosters. We're not even talking about minor league rosters. Major league rosters last year, right, as of opening day. And that number keeps increasing. Over 100 of those were Dominican, and almost 70 of those were Venezuelan. That's in the major. In the minors, those numbers can be tripled, can be quadrupled. Every single team has usually close to 20 up to 50 Venezuelan players, right? In the minors, all we'll throughout the minors, every level. And those kids are the ones that when they shut down spring training, the official day was Friday, the 13th of March, they get sent out, right? They're like, okay, you guys have three options. You get to go home, you can stay in your camp, right, with, with your team, or you can go to your home city of where your team plays. Obviously, for minor leaguers who got their contracts canceled, Graham, so they actually do not have a home city where they play, there are only two options. Or you stay in your spring training facility or you go home. And for the Venezuelans, it was only you stay in your spring training facility because they can't go home. They have not only the social and political crisis, as we, as we well know, the president of the United States, among other you know, other countries, too, the same thing happened with Venezuela, closed the border. So when the international borders were closed, basically almost immediately, some teams were able to send their players away. Some ones weren't. And then that was the problem. So, hundreds of kids, and I collaborated with this with my colleague Alden Gonzalez, all these kids got stuck. So, we wanted to document what teams are doing for them, Graham.
0: And how are they kind of collectively handling this?
1: Well, this is the era of, you know, the digital technology. Like, if this, I'm 45, so if this had happened to me, you know, back of, you know, when I was in my early 20s, or, you know, these kids, let's just refer to them minor leaguers right now. Between because the major leaguers most of them have homes in the United States, right? So, so the issues for the major leaguers were not, you know, as as glaring as they were for the for the minor leaguers. The minor leaguers, you know, they're between 17, 18 years old up to maybe 22, 23 on average, right? 18 to 22. Let's use that. You as a kid, you have no longer, you know, what are you going to do? So they're using technology, right? And now, you know, I never knew anything about Zoom, and now to become a Zoom expert. I um We do right now interviews on FaceTime and they're, they are the era. I almost feel like they are better equipped than I was to deal with this because they are people who are used to that kind of digital connection with each other. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're kind of FaceTiming constantly, sending videos to each other, sending ideas of workouts in parking lots and hotels, sending ideas for workouts when you only have a wall and a couple of cans of food, like that kind of thing. And they're just being so creative. And it's been really kind of interesting and fun to watch in a sad way because we know this creativity had to happen under this pandemic. Uh,
0: this is a usual I, – I find myself using this word a lot here for certain sectors of what we do and what sports does, and, and, I, and it, I never feel like it's the right word, but opportunity is the only thing I can yeah. come up with because no one wants to take advantage of what is happening here. However, Absolutely in the not. case of some young players where English is a second language or they may not know it – And they're looking for an opportunity to stand out to their potential employers. This is one of them where they're going to be watched a little bit more closely because they need to be watched a little bit more closely in how they handle something like this.
1: And not only that, they're also, because you just mentioned English as a second language, one of the things that a lot of the teams are focusing on, and I would say 25 out of the 30 major league teams, they're actually using this to use Google Classroom. To use things like that, to actually teach them, right, over the Internet, certain tools. And you're right. It's an opportunity for them to show that they're the kind of players that can follow through, right? The kind of players that can handle this. And they're also dealing with a lot of mental issues. You know, they have to deal with the mental performance coaches. And it's one of those, you know, kind of interesting things that we've, we've seen happen. And you're right. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to show who they are, you know, and that they have the metal to, uh, to deal with the majors this young.
0: Um, Let me just get a general reaction to you talk to all these people in baseball and there's a lot of ideas and some of them are strange about how they would play again. Um, What's the general consensus? And I know this probably changes by the day, but what's generally what are people saying to you about the idea of playing baseball with no fans in the stands?
1: That it probably is exactly how we're going to start. It is. um, I've spoken close to maybe 30 or 40 players in the last month. Um, Over the phone and I did a big feature on ESPN where I spoke to 22 managers and I would tell you that 99% of them not only are on board, but understand that maybe the beginning of baseball or the beginning of sports and the NBA will probably be the one that, you know, that sets the path for all of us because they're the ones who may or may not start a playoff season playing with no fans is going to be a reality. It's something almost that you have to start accepting. And not only that, it's something that Major League Baseball and the Players Association are already working, you know, and having a contingency plan for a pay-per-view system. So this is something that I, I'll just call it, if, if I can say just one word, inevitable.
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, you <laughs> can read all of Marley Rivera's work on ESPN.com and check her out on the TV as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Marley.
1: Thanks for having me, Bram
0: up next hewitt tomlin ceo of team builder and lance thomason strength and conditioning coach of the st louis cardinals talk about the necessity of mobile training this is the future sport podcast Man, we are in strange times, but let's be optimistic about everything, like the NBA and the NHL will resume their seasons, and Major League Baseball will start a season, and let's be really optimistic that the NFL and college football will start on time. For that to happen, the players need to train, and we're in interesting times in social distancing land. And that's where Hewitt Tomlin, the CEO of TeamBuilder, comes in. He has a platform here that's mobile training, and boy, do we need it more than ever. Hey, Hewitt, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Um, listen, I know you never intended your platform to be used at a time like this, but here you are. And man, this is strange times we're in.
3: They really are. And you're right. We didn't see us uh, kind of designing a platform for today's. Day and age, um, but this is where we are. We're happy we can at least help.
0: Uh, tell people a little bit about Team Builder. What, what does it do?
3: In essence, our software helps strength coaches design training programs that are most appropriate for the individual athlete. Um, if you think about this principle, um, a training program is most effective if it's designed for the individual rather than applying, say, one program for an entire team or roster. Um, our software helps do that for coaches in very little time compared to other methods like, say, writing a workout in Excel and mail, mailing out a paper packet to the athlete.
0: So um, are the are you working directly with the strength and conditioning coaches? Are you working with the athletes directly? How do you kind of formulate that?
3: About 95% of our interactions with organizations will be with the strength and conditioning coaches. Um, it used to be even more, but now sports science is kind of a developing, um, uh, practice within organizations that are also involved, but we're mostly working with strength coaches to help them design their programs. And that strength coaches tend to work directly with the athlete.
0: So uh, clearly like this is different and we're using a lot of performance data here. So let's, let's talk about the tech of this a little bit. Um, having a virtual training platform, that's not that unusual, but, but what you're doing is different. Can you kind of explain the differentiation there?
3: I can. So um, when it comes to strength and conditioning, um, really you can think of your roster as, say a 25 person roster is 25 chess pieces. And each chess piece has its opt- optimal sequence to kind of get the best outcome for that player. Um, so if you're a strength coach in the NBA or the NFL, you have your, your chess pieces and you can do uh, an infinite number of combinations with them to kind of move them in the direction where you think is the best. So that's the way to to look at how coaches probably see their players in their roster. Well, if you think about how much time it takes to really think about the sequence and optimizing how you put a player through a a performance journey, it can take some time. What our platform does is essentially kind of helps shave some time off of that process. If a coach has a plan or an idea for how they want to sequence an athlete training-wise, we can put that plan into process much quicker and help the athlete comply with that plan as opposed to, say, the other methods that are out there traditionally.
0: Uh, can you define, because this one's new for me, sequence an athlete? Can you, can you talk me through what that actually means?
3: Yes, and, and, and to be honest, you probably want to speak with uh, an industry professional that has decades of experience to really get the, 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 the right way to look at this, but I can help you out a little bit uh, to some extent. Um, So when you train an athlete, you can train for certain properties or certain characteristics. For example, speed is a property, strength is a property, uh, power is another one. And you can basically optimize for one property during a training cycle, which is eight weeks or 12 weeks or maybe even longer. So you can look at an athlete and you can see what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and decide to address those. And as you address, you kind of put together a training plan that could actually span a number of years. That's very common with, say, Olympians. And how you decide to implement that plan in a certain sequence is going to get you a better outcome than others. And this is the science that's kind of been developed but is still being developed is how do we properly sequence athletes? Um, And that's kind of what coaches are working on.
0: You know, the interesting part is here, so you've got this tech platform you're helping these teams build. Um, On the other side of it are all these different technologies that are working on performance and training methodologies. So how do you incorporate all that and stay as modern as possible at the same time?
3: Well, I think for us, it's important that we understand where we want to get involved with other technologies and where we don't. Um, There are platforms that try to just hoard as much data as possible to try to create as much of a holistic view as possible of the athlete. That's not necessarily our scope. We want to be very, very focused and very, very good at one aspect of the whole performance spectrum, and that's strength and conditioning for us. So anything that's weight-based or has to do with conditioning, basically a weight room, to put it simply, that's where we focus. And if an application is really relevant in that realm, and we'll work with them. And then if not, we tend to, to not do so because you, you, we, not every company has the resources to be good at everything. Sometimes you have to pick a few things and be very good at
0: those. Um, you know, we've talked to a lot of technology providers like yourself and you know, there are these moments where I see what's being made and I wonder are you guys in the midst of potentially eliminating some of these positions and human elements and you're working directly with strength and conditioning coaches Was it hard to get them to be on board with the new platforms, um, knowing that they can work in conjunction with it and it would not be something that eventually could eliminate the necessity for their presence?
3: That's an excellent question. You know, years ago when we were in the beginning of designing our platform, we decided that we would create a framework that would essentially allow coaches to build on top of, meaning that we would be a platform to support coaches and their training designs. There are other platforms out there that are well capable of designing training programs that would essentially take over the function of what you could do. Today, it it doesn't exist to the point where it it will be replacing coaches, but very soon it could. It's certainly possible. And that's where the argument comes in, art versus science. The, The science can be built on a technology platform. But the art form of coaching is completely different. That's a human element. And I think there will always be a need for the human element. Um, but as you know, teams are always pushing the limits, and it's very possible that teams could sway too far to the technology side of things and start relying on artificial intelligence in place of a coach. That's very much possible. We've decided not to necessarily go that way, but to try to build a platform that works hand in hand. But it's certainly possible.
0: I, I haven't heard anybody create something that has replicated human motivation yet. That's what, I'm waiting, that's what I'm waiting to find out about.
3: That's exactly right. Motivation is a, a big aspect of this. Um, you know, the, the, um, a client of mine in the NBA recently, you know, did a, a, an interview with a newspaper, and the first thing they brought up was the challenge of motivation. If you don't have a return-to-play date, you don't have a defined timeline. And that's one of the most important components of motivating athletes.
0: Um, I'll let you go with this. And I want to leave it with what's going on right now. Um, Obviously there's, you know, a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, growth interest in what you guys are doing because of what's happening um, out in the world and all the social distancing. What are your clients saying to you about how they want to stay in shape, stay connected um, in the eventuality that they will return to playing games again?
3: Well, the reality is is that equipment and access to resources has a lot to do with how someone can develop if they are quarantined. If someone does not have access to the proper implements, the, the job of the strength coach, I think, at this point, is basically to make sure that the player does not regress. Um, they should be maintaining their current levels Of strength, speed, power, and these other properties that we talked about. Now, if someone does have access to a great amount of resources at home, then they have a really good opportunity to continue improving while a lot of people are not. But I would say across the board, uh, at professional level, and uh, certainly the collegiate level, coaches are just hoping for athletes to maintain so that when they come back, not only are they ready to perform, but really we don't want athletes be, being exposed to injury when they come back. That's the other side of the coin is that it's not just performance-based. It's actually the risk of injury when you have a long time away from structure, a structured training program.
0: And us, the fans, we just want them to come back. I, I know I speak for the world that we just want to see sports come back again.
3: I agree. I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad I can play a small part in maybe accelerating that process. Uh, but really, it's a team effort. You know, the, the, the sports world is no longer the, the ultimate team sport. I think the team sport is basically our society right now. And I'm hoping that we can uh, uh, all get together and, and work this out together.
0: Hewitt Tomlin is the CEO of Team Builder. Thank you, Hewitt. Thank you. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, so let's take a moment to thank our friends at 3Advance. These guys are ranked one of the nation's top app developers. Their user experience and cloud expertise has helped grow a bunch of sports tech startups, including Team Builder, T-Box Tour, and In-Game Fantasy. So if you're looking for a development partner to bring your future sport tech to life, look these guys up. Go to 3advance.com. They're the team to make it happen, and advance, you will. That's the number 3advance.com, and tell them Future Sports sent you. So we just heard from the team builder CEO, Hewitt Tomlin. Let's talk about how this is being implemented in practice in real time during the quarantine times with Lance Thomason, who is the Cardinals strength and conditioning coach. Hey, Lance, how are you? Thanks for joining us.
2: i uh, doing well. Thanks for having me today.
0: So this is beyond unusual. Um, how are you staying in contact with the St. Louis Cardinals as you guys navigate when and if you're going to play again?
2: Uh, that's a great question. Obviously, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty um, going on right now. So um, as far as, like, maintaining contact with the players, um, we, we do some weekly follow-up, um, trying to reach out just to see how the guys are doing and uh see you know how the workouts are going and so, in general just how they're
0: feeling um let's let's talk about the workouts a little bit um we talked a lot with Hewitt and 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 this is you know this is a very interesting conversation now with motivation um how do you keep the guys motivated when they're not in front of you day to day to remain in the best possible shape and continue their training regimens?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, like when we were we were down in spring training, you guys were ready to go. we were you know, we were essentially days out from playing um, baseball games. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation, but we've essentially used the team builder platform, and we're still providing workouts just as we were would in season or in the off season. And uh, as far as like motivation, you know, we're just, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, we're just trying to. Do basic body weight program if they don't have access to anything, and then uh, if they do have access to equipment, we make some adjustments based off of what they have.
0: Um, can you can you go into detail a little bit about that? I, I'm sure there are some players that are well equipped to be home and do the things they need to do, and there are others that aren't. How are you kind of <laughs> sure. streamlining all of that?
2: Sure. So obviously, we after that that first week, when essentially, you know everyone was going home. We just tried to reach out to everyone and see what they'd have access to and and knowing that eventually gyms would shut down. So um, fortunately, there are some guys that have some very decent home gyms and they're able to basically just continue on with, with where they were at. And then uh, others we've, we've had to adapt. And um, from there, we just created a, a body weight program. Um, once again, we're not reinventing the wheel, but we're still sticking with our foundational pieces. We're, we're still squatting, lunging, we're, we're pressing, you know, we're just making the adaptations where we can.
0: And how do you utilize Team Builder? Can you describe how that works in conjunction with what you're doing?
1: Yeah,
2: perfect. So we use um, we use Team Builder in season and off season. So this is essentially kind of a another off season for us in a way. Um, but we basically put together a couple different programs, um, knowing some guys would have those gyms. So we put together a a program for those guys, and then the the guys that um, don't have access to anything. We obviously put a pro, uh, bodyweight program in there for them. So we can actually put the, the workout in on our side. We can drop it to their personal calendars on their app. Uh, so they just open up the Team Builder app, gives them a, a checklist of things that, that we would like them to do that day. And then uh, once they do it, they can check it off. and um, We can actually kind of check in with the guys and, and see what they've been doing and see what you know how many, how many reps they're doing with something and how much time they're doing. Um, and then we can see if they're making any progress.
0: Um, we had talked about the idea of sequencing with, um, with Hewitt and he had said, you need to talk to somebody who would understand how to explain what that is. Um, can you kind of talk about sequencing an athlete and, um, making it individual for them to get the best of their performance when it matters most?
2: As an organization, obviously we we like to to see where, where these guys are at with some, some monthly, monthly screening. And then, um, from there, there's obviously some individual needs based off their position, or just in general, some stuff that they need to work on. So um, we do take that into account when we when we uh, adjust their program. So, uh, like say, we, we start with essentially a base program, and then from there we we uh, modifications. So it's, everyone's on a, a similar but different program, if you will, uh, it's just kind of based off their individual needs
0: let's talk about technology just in general. Um, You've probably been doing that. You don't wake up one day and become the strength and conditioning coach of the Cardinals. So you've probably been doing this for a very long time. Um, How have you seen all of these different technology uh, wearables and platforms kind of change the way you do your job working with athletes?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, when I, when I first started in the strength conditioning world, um, back in an internship, um, you know, all the workouts were on they were on paper. You know, it was uh, essentially the strength coach would print out an Excel sheet, and he'd have his little folder. And um, it seemed like you know, not all of those uh, papers made it back into the folder at the end of the day. So there wasn't, there was kind of tough to track where the athletes were at. And then, uh, so then you have technologies like like Team Team Builder that come in. And now, when a guy transfers from one affiliate to the next affiliate with us. There's no chance of losing his his workout sheet. It just travels with him through the cloud via the, the, the team builder base uh, app. So, and then obviously, you know, technology like the catapult and stuff like that. You know, we've we kind of um, we've, we've looked at that a little little bit at the lower levels, and it's just nice to see what what guys are actually doing. You know, it just puts a objective piece to to what we're actually seeing.
0: Um, what does the term load management mean to you when it comes to baseball players? Do, do you guys have an implementation where, where that, um, falls into the purview of what you guys do?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's something we're always, we're always looking at. Um, obviously you, you, you question whether you're doing enough and then, or you question whether you're doing too much. So, um, I think that is one, one way where the, the wearable technology can help with that. Like I say, that's, that's something we've, um, we've looked at for several years now and, uh, there's ton of different technologies out there that that can that that can help with that
0: and i ask about that now because when and i want to say when because i want to be optimistic that baseball is going to come back and play and hopefully at some point this summer that that's going to happen you know we're hearing all different types of things like stacked double headers at seven inning games and trying to get in as many games as possible, which could be a very interesting compacted schedule for you guys. Um, I know that right. that is, we don't know what's going to happen here, obviously, but as you kind of look at that and try to prepare for who knows what the season looks like, how do you get the guys ready?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, we obviously we're, we're all optimistic that we're going to play, uh, here, here shortly, hopefully sooner than later. So, um, but I think just the sport in general, you know, um, that's one thing I think that makes a, a good strength coach is just being able to adapt to the different situations. So um, we obviously, once once the NBA had their, uh, they shut down their season, we, we knew that that was going to happen to us pretty soon. So we obviously got together as a staff and put a, a program mm-hmm. in place and and, the, and our programs are very fluid. You know, it's not, it's not set in stone. We're going to we're just going to try to make the modifications to our programs based off the information that we have.
0: I think I speak for everyone just say that uh, we just miss you guys. So hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully, I, listen, I don't care if you kick me out of the stadium for a while. I just want to turn you on TV <laughs> at least initially. So hopefully you guys are back soon. I hope.
2: No, we're, we're all, we're all excited to get back to, um, you know, everyone's very positive and, and ready to go. They were, no one wants to get shut down. You know, this is what, this is what we all do for a living. So um, we, we definitely can't wait to get back either.
0: Lance Thomas, is the strength and conditioning coach for the St. Louis Cardinals. Thank you so much for joining us, Lance.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Up next, Steve Goody, CEO of pocket radar on devices that can help those sheltered in place, get an advantage while no one else is watching. This is the future sport podcast. This spring was very tough on team sports as well as professional sports. And for those that want to continue their training, they're trying to find options to do it from home as we all shelter in place. And that's where Steve Goody, the CEO of Pocket Radar, comes in. Hey, Steve, how are you? Thanks for coming back on the show.
4: I'm I'm great, Bram. Glad to be back on again. Uh, we'll During talk about your time.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about your your products in a moment. But you're in California. Uh, do you want to just kind of give us a sense of what's going on there? How's life in California right now?
4: Yeah, we're uh, sheltering in place like so many other people. Um, you know, fortunately, uh, our our governor got on it early, and so he he was proactive enough that it sounds like we're all gonna. Uh, you know, our hospital resources are going to be enough to handle the the peak load here in a couple of weeks. So we're all just trying to stay safe at home and run our businesses. Uh, so, you know, definitely life changing, but uh, hopefully we'll be, um, we'll get through this next month, uh, you know, hopefully with uh, less impact than it would have been.
0: Like, look, clearly sports and baseball and all that stuff, it doesn't take precedence to what's going on in the world. But, you know, I do feel for all the people in the youth leagues, you know, as well as the professional sports that lost their teams this year, that aren't going to be able to train and aren't going to be able to necessarily get better. And that's kind of where you come in, um you have started an initiative to Bring Your Training Home. Um can you kind of talk about what you guys are trying to do to connect to players as they try to continue to figure out how to get better in their backyards?
4: Yeah, we uh, uh, basically our Smart Coach radar platform and app. Um uh, already a, it was already a great platform for uh working on your own automatically submitting your clips remotely, remote training. So fortunately we had the components and the ingredients that a lot of people were already enjoying. And, you know, I guess the silver lining in this in this crisis is that now this solution is available to families at home, to athletes uh, at every level, uh, and they're uh, basically able to completely train at home, measuring velocities, capturing clips, uh, getting a remote coached with that. We even had a young woman who uh, had four college coaches uh, effectively verbally committed to their college teams based on just this remote uh, viewing of her performances at home with hitting. So... We're scrambling to get the word out that this is a platform that can really um, help these people trapped at home. Uh, it's not like being on the field, unfortunately, but it's it's a lot better than just, uh, you know, hitting by yourself or throwing by yourself into a net with no notion of how to get remote help or be seen. So it's it's lucky we have these pieces of technology I'm always c- collaborating with our partners to help uh, work with other uh, vendors that offer services and player development and coaching to do this together. So there's a lot in, in, in the works right now. It Should be very exciting.
0: To do that um, I probably should ask you this first, but for our listeners, because I know because we've talked before, but for our listeners who didn't hear um, or are aware of Pocket Radar, why don't you explain what you guys do?
4: Yeah, uh, we've been around for about a decade, and we have uh, a, a line of uh, uh, pro accurate, pro accuracy radar guns that, that are four ounces and fit in your pocket. Uh, we've been selling uh, the major league, all the major league teams, all the way down to families. Our price points are only a few hundred dollars. Our latest flagship product is the Smart Coach. It comes now with an app that runs on your iPhone or your Android phone. So now you've got uh, an accurate radar system, and along with the app that can uh, basically uh, measure, uh, can video yourself with uh, speeds embedded in the clip, and then keep track of all your data over time, so you can track your progress, you can share it with others. Uh, So it's an entire platform now that allows you to do development work uh, with your team individually. Uh, you know, and, and remotely connect to people and track your progress over time. So, you know, we're really are trying to build technology that helps athletes and teams and organizations uh, track their data.
0: In this specific time, what are you hearing from coaches or clients or other athletes as to how best to utilize what they have and, and what they need and what they would want from Pocket Radar?
4: Those that uh, are already have the product uh, have been calling us up and uh, expressing their gratitude that you know, what we've got now actually fits the bill. Uh, what they're looking for now is they'd like for us to work with partners to figure out, you know, how do I work with my coach? You know, how do I work with my team? And so we're facilitating a lot of that as well, telling them how maybe a team can, you know, pass around a unit with a, you know, in a ziplock in the mailbox. They can, you know, pick it up and, you know, share it or if they each have one. Uh, so we're, we're actively helping uh, these families and teams to figure out solutions based on our platform and our technology so they can continue to you know, practice and even clever ways they might be able to compete. Um, the one training academy in the Bay Area that this week he's running a pilot program with six of our smart coach radars where he's going to have his athletes do hitting development for a week. They're going to have a contest at the end of the week, share it all on Instagram. He was most improved. So in effect, they're sort of socializing and practicing together virtually.
0: Steve, how does it work? Is there a wearable involved in this? How do you guys track the data?
4: It's really simple. Just like, uh, you know, we are all familiar with our smartphones and our iPads and such. Uh, our radar now in the, in the current version, it becomes a Bluetooth accessory, just like your headphone. And so what you do is you set the radar up in the proper location, you know, with this kind of radar, like all radar guns, you have to be throwing the ball at it or away from it. So you set the radar up on a tripod, you pair it up to your iPhone or your iPad via Bluetooth. Uh, you put that, I, put that uh, iPhone on a stand next to you. Uh, you fire up the software in the app, and basically it automatically runs, and you can do a bullpen, do a hitting session, and it will capture every velocity you threw or hit. It will create an eight-second clip of your, of your body mechanics, uh, depending on which... It uh, uses the camera in your phone. So whatever wherever you set up the camera to watch yourself hit or throw, it'll capture an eight-second clip of you throwing or hitting, and it saves all that in your history and in your gallery on your phone. So now it's shareable. And, and the magic is those clips have an embedded uh, pocket radar logo and speed right as part of the video content. So I can just touch share to Twitter or Instagram or email to my coach or Dropbox. Uh, so it's a whole automated system that an athlete can use all by themselves. Uh, or if you have a helper or dad there or, or brother or sister, you, know, you can have them do soft toss, live pitching to you and do the same things automatically. So it really doesn't require any help. Uh, it automates the, uh, you know, the whole process of capturing yourself. And now you have digital content about yourself that you can use for remote coaching. You can send it to your coach. They can get back to you and say, hey, try loading up better with how your swing was. And then they look at your exit velocities and say, oh, you improved. So it really is all the essential ingredients you need to do a a remote uh, activity with others uh, or just by yourself, see how much you can improve over the week or the month uh, and see how you compare to others. So it's a, it's a complete solution really for, for being uh, stuck at home.
0: Down the road, do, do you envision a partnership with biomechanic specialists where they could implement real time adjustments to a pitcher or a hitter?
4: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, prior to this uh, crisis, uh, we have uh, been in constant contact with uh, lots of other companies provide uh, wearable technologies for biomechanics, uh, scoring technologies, charting technologies. So anything where you might say, hey, velocities and video married up to other tech is a more complete solution. We were already working with those companies. So I'm hoping, you know, in the near future, we can continue on those efforts and maybe adjust course a little bit to maybe uh, sooner than later put into hands maybe some wearable pieces or other ideas that we could do, Uh, maybe some um, software that would allow teams to virtually compete perhaps. I don't know. It's a lot of ideas now. Fortunately, a lot of the relationships that we've already been working with uh, uh, are going to be there to allow us to sort of solve these problems so, I'm looking for a lot more in the future here. Hopefully, around the corner in the next few months, we can start to implement We have one right now with Driveline that uh, we already did implement where you can do the remote Driveline uh, training uh, via our platform and their system software. will look together to the
0: traction. What is going to be really interesting is, is when everything be- opens back up, we're going to find out who got better on their own. This is going to be very, very, very interesting.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be. In fact, I think teams, uh, some, like I said, some of the teams are going to have tryouts already under their belts remotely and they're going to basically you know fill the roster when they're back on the field with uh you know maybe an on-field tryout briefly and then they're going to be ready to go and play and, and those that did this are going to be ahead of the game for sure uh and everybody's eager to do it so uh, I think there's a lot of
0: motivation steve goody is the ceo of pocket radar thanks for joining us steve
4: thanks Bram. pleasure
0: That will do it for us this week. Hey, thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They're forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. The kit comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, tons of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code... Future at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code Future at Manscaped.com. Later this week, be on the lookout for a special episode dedicated to an age-old baseball game that was a precursor to analytics and is now modernizing for us homebodies looking for an outlet. Stratomatic. We're going to speak to the game's founder, Hal Richmond.
4: Well, initially,
3: the only thing that was available was official statistics. And it also was a problem there because they didn't come out until March and uh that was all right when i did the 80 and the 120 players so when i had to do the, the, the
1: 320
3: players 16 teams it was a problem
0: as always the future is now this is the future sport podcast i'm bram weinstein the future sport podcast is brought to you by three advanced developers of sports tech apps that are ai powered and ux focused